Do Do Podcast with Matt and Al. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, What Do You Do?, where we try to get guests of all walks of life to dig a little deeper, to get a good look into our guest world, and find out a little more about who they are and why they do what they do. I'm your host, Matthew, along with my co-host, Al. Say hi, Al. Hello. Today's topic covers medicinal marijuana, which ties in with a few podcasts we're working on, which you'll be able to find out at... So you can look for the What Do You Do podcast by the Jam Production Company wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Okay. So our guest today is an ex-OHL and American Minor League hockey player. Played for seven teams over the course of his career, acting as the enforcer. Over his 13 years, he suffered at least 75 concussions and was knocked out multiple occasions. He's long since retired, but now suffers from various maladies that are a result of his traumatic brain injuries. Really serious conditions for a 44-year-old guy, man. Including dystonia, Parkinson's, major depressive disorder, and anxiety due to chronic pain. He's the executive director of Medicinal My Way, a nonprofit organization on a mission to help facilitate education and access to medical cannabis. He's a friend of mine from high school. It's my pleasure to introduce Rob Fred. Hey, Matty. How, how are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, dude, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. Okay, I'm going to start right off here. You know, what started you on this journey of becoming an advocate for medical cannabis? Like, what, 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 what what's all that about? Well, that's uh, Matt. That's a pretty uh, deep. Uh, question and informal right directly to my heart uh yeah I, i've been sick uh for several years um unfortunately i am dealing with um a few different things and you know uh it basically it's just it's a lot of chronic illness caused uh you know from the way i played uh during the course of my hockey career i played uh very physical i had to stand up for my teammates and including myself um almost every night that i did play so uh, I, 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 I was on a, on a dark path when I retired. Um, I wasn't properly diagnosed. Um, I, I didn't have the proper medical support or emotional support uh, from family and close friends because um, obviously uh, with traumatic brain injury, uh, it's very hard to see. Science is, has come to the forefront now and uh, there is a lot of uh, hospitals and organizations doing research and advocacy so it was able to uh, get tuned in and and uh, really fight on the advocacy side for medical cannabis because I have been um, prescribed uh, cannabis as medicine since 2012 and since then I've had a very difficult time um, affording it uh, because of uh, the the obviously the, um, the the issues that I have and um, not being able to work in the open labor market anymore it put me into a position where uh, the income wasn't there so medical cannabis as you guys do know Matt and Alan is uh, very expensive and and for those that are on government support disability programs and income replacement uh, it, it's just not there uh, you can't afford the medicine and afford housing and afford to eat uh, let alone uh, uh, being able to afford the medication I'm going to stop right there because yeah 
Let's let's rewind it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's good, man. That's yeah. good. No, no worries. Because no, 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 so here's an interesting yeah. story. To listen to this. Yeah. So I was working for uh, this this super old dude in his eighties. He was a, an ex electrician. He used to work on the big commercial things, right? And he's like, oh my god, the asbestos would just drop on me all the time, right? So we, he ended up getting like all these pulmonary problems to where he had this surgery. So point being, he knew Patrick and I were, you know, we used weed. His, his problem was he's like, I want to, I'd rather be smoking weed or taking edibles or whatever using THC as a, a medicinally than these 700 oxys I'm prescribed every month. But my problem is with the insurance company. They won't pay for the weed. They'll pay for all these oxys. I was like, really? They're going to... OHIP covers or whoever, Desjardins or whoever the hell he was with will cover all these opiates that are killing you in other ways. But they won't, you know, subsidize what I think is probably cheaper, medicinal marijuana. And that's it. that was his only problem was he's just like, well, they pay for this. So here I am. Yeah, well, we're, I think uh, you just hit it right off there uh, to a T, Matt, is that um, I'm not anti-pharmaceutical. And I've I've seen many patients at, you know, the hospitals that I do uh, go to uh, for treatment for my conditions. Um, but uh, what we we do know is that cannabis can help with a lot of the side effects that um, that come with some of the pharmaceuticals or most of them. And yet, uh, you know, we're still at an infancy stage uh, for getting coverage. Um, Aurora uh, right now, who's one of the largest LPs globally and out of Canada here, um, does offer um, cannabis benefits to their employees. If I had that when I was working with London Transit, um, I still believe that I, I would be working in some capacity. Um, uh, so it, it makes for interesting conversation. I do you think, think it would, if in. you were, if you got it, you'd be able to still do stuff? I, I believe at that point in time, when I was fighting Desjardins for medical cannabis coverage in my plan, and even trying to push it through, uh, as an exceptional uh, 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 drug uh, through our, our, our plan um, with London Transit, then yes, I, I could have transitioned uh, into an office job and not been forced onto a path where, you know, eventually, like you do know, your benefits end up running out and you end yeah. up on government low-level disability. So in, in a way, it would really benefit our, our workforce, but um, us as patients and individually give us a chance to return to the open labor market. So there's a lot more to play. Uh, yeah. What, so what, what do you think your biggest hurdles are like to try to get this done? Is it government? Is it just people? Well, it's uh, again, yeah, it's, we have no coverage. I could spend up to $1,500 a month easily, uh, uh, you know, using extracts, oils, uh, time release and flour for breakthrough pain for my neuromuscular disorder and chronic pain that, that I, I do have uh, from, a, from a poor back and spine from playing, uh, for sure. Yeah, it would, it would at least uh, give me the relief in order of what I need um, to focus a, a, and make that, that jump back in to the open labor market. And that, that's, that's an issue right now that's uh, 
yeah, it's it's affecting a lot of Canadians with chronic illness on these programs and, and not having the ability to return to work. It's it's a yeah. dead end, uh, a dead end for most of us. Yeah. So like, I've never been med- uh, medicinally prescribed anything. When you when you are given that, do they give you like, well, this is your dosage. This is how much you should take every hour, two hours, three hours. How does how does that work? No, even today, you know, at the highest level of chronic pain management, where where I go at, at Parkwood Hospital, they only um, uh, you know really rely on how you feel as a patient. Uh, they don't know a lot about strain specifics or dosing or even micro dosing. Right now, uh, a lot of us are are as patients are left out in order to find our own way. And fortunately, I've been able to find a few strains that, you know, do do stop the involuntary muscle movements and locking and, and things that I do go through on a daily basis. Uh, but again, we're left out uh, on our own to really find find the way. Really? So it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm going off script now because I, I, this, I can't believe you, Al, if you want to jump in, because to me, it's like they're throwing you out to the wolves going, well... You got pain. Here's some stuff that might help, but you figure it out. Yeah, be like, it'd be like throwing a bunch of heroin in front of somebody, going, "Well, you're gonna need so much, but figure it out." That's that's exactly how it sounds, Matt. And and really, the way I'm I'm seeing it, and it's not just with Rob's situation, but I, I've heard the same situation with my own daughter, who's also a medical cannabis patient for her anxiety. And when she was first prescribed, uh, you know, cannabis for for her condition she really had no clue like she had experimented recreationally a little bit with cannabis uh, growing up but what when it was time to start treating her condition there was absolutely no guidance no uh real path well that's, the, my, that's my point is like there should be a whole educational system of like it's oh you so- suffer from back pain you suffer from this you should be taking you know 10 milligrams of this 20 milligrams of this I don't think it's actually matured to that level yet. Well, they, okay, so well, these, these are like here's, live and here's where you, you, here's why I say where the recreational part might have fucked this all up is go. because yep. oh we're just now trying to make people happy on the recreational part, but we're not necessarily concentrating on oh you need it medically like mm-hmm. we're not it, putting a framework in place for patients to follow. I mean, even so in the stores, they treated like yeah. tobacco as opposed to liquor. But even liquor, they don't prescribe. So, where is this level? Well, where you know, is yeah, this? it all comes down, guys, to the the way the government is perceiving cannabis and the plant as a whole. Uh, you know, we've come. You know, our, our country is the first country in in the G eight uh, to you know recreational legalize uh, cannabis, but really has pulled the medicine and the medical aspect from medical cannabis even further away. And uh, that's obviously yeah. why I'm involved um, with a non-for-profit group like Medicinal My Way, why I'm a big supporter of CFAM, Canadians for Fair Access to Medical Marijuana. These groups uh, particularly are, are uh, obviously patient-based and trying to, to, to create and fight for a better system. And that's including, uh, you know, we do have uh, several doctors on board with us that have crossed over from mainstream 
medical, uh, so to speak, and into the cannabis space, the medical cannabis space. But we're still a long ways away. You know, we've got our provincial go- provincial government here in, in Ontario uh, opening up and maxing out 25 stores right now on the recreational side. But, uh, you know, we need a, a lot more yeah. storefront, but med- medical uh, 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 compassion centers where patients can access their medicine, uh, you know, with either cash or a debit card. Um, you know, right now it's very tough ordering, uh, you know, a lot of patients that are on ODSP and CPP disability don't hold a credit card or, or deal with cash when they have cash left over from paying their monthly bills on limited income. So those dispensaries meant a lot to patients, um, including myself, um, uh, in order to medicate. So yeah, and to have those closed down now and, you know, the, the stance that, you know, in particular, the Hamilton police are taking when there is an order from, uh, I believe, uh, I, I'm not sure what year it was, but I, I believe it was 2016 or 17, Judge Lofchuk in Hamilton um, uh, created an order to protect the medical patients that were prescribing from these dispensaries. And now since the new Cannabis Act has come into play with the provincial government, they've walked right around that, even got the, the OPP involved to, to close uh, some of these um, dispensaries that were serving to med- medical patients, but also obviously on the recreational side too, they were, I believe myself, because the way I use it for so many different things, sleep, um, you know, I use it for, for pain, obviously, and to control the muscle spasms that I do have from my brain injury. It, to me, it, it, it's all medical, and to have the country come out and back recreational cannabis first is really disheartening, but uh, really, uh, yeah, uh, making a lot of people sick. And to me, it's a health crisis we're in right now. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. The whole system should have been based around the medical part, like... Anybody who's recreational still has got a guy down the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so when they, when I saw that article you put up on Facebook where they closed down that, that medicinal one, I knew there were still four others in Hess illegally open. So I was reached out to you like, dude, so you go down to the honeypot, they still open, right? Yeah. And they're closed the next day or the next week. Well, yeah. They're all done yeah, now. All it's done. all done yeah. now, but yep. I was like, well, if you really need it, wait for it to come in the mail. And that's assuming you have a credit card and you can buy it online. So. That's right. And you can't travel or you can't, you know, what if I'm in London and I'm visiting my daughter and uh, I run out of my medicine, I have to drive back to Hamilton in order to pick it up. Uh, you know, it really, yeah, it grounds us as a patient, right? Really limits our, our access that way. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. and the specialty side of it too, right? It's we talk about the black market, and you know the black market's still strong, but it, predominantly the black market is edibles and flowers and that. Um, but on the on the medicinal side of it, um, the 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 oils, um, you know, can replace uh, you know some of the opiate uh, epidemic that we are in and the crisis that we are in with addiction. Um, I believe, you know, having the oils uh, that I have tried through licensed producers, specifically with med relief, um, very strong in what I do need. And it's it's consistent if I can. And, 
and uh, if I can afford it, um, I, I know that, you know, I could transition into a better life and feel a lot better and possibly, you know, return to, to work again someday. And knowing that that is in front of you, uh, really, uh, it I kind of turned back to my hockey career because obviously I enjoyed standing up for my teammates and had to get physical sometimes, but that's the part of this advocacy patient space that I embrace because I see something that's wrong and I want to end it. It's, but I'm not going to go and punch out Doug Ford, <laughs> you know, to get there. <laughs> but I didn't mean to say that, but you know, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've suffered a ton of injuries over the years and I'm sure yeah. you've given opiates for the pain. Yeah. When did you discover that cannabis was necessarily like a better option? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I always, I recreational, I used cannabis recreationally, um, but uh, not like some other athletes that, you know, like Riley Cote, who I, I work with, with Athletes for Care, and he's the co-founder of Athletes for Care. And we can speak about that after we speak about Medicinal My Way. But yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I, I found it uh, uh, several years, well, about four or five years after my retirement, um, you know, I used to uh, go hide in my shed when I was married. I was in a lot of pain. Um, Somebody I, turned my, you on to it? Somebody like, yeah, hey, try this? My ex and, and family, they were anti-cannabis, you know, put it into the same breath as heroin and, and cocaine yeah. and that. So it all depends who your support cast is, right? So at that point, I was using it, but, you know, I was being looked down upon and stigmatized, so I couldn't use it properly, uh, you know, if I wanted to embrace my marriage at that time. Dude, I so totally there's so understand many variables. What you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I've yeah. seen a lot of that in people I've talked to mm -hmm. where the other side isn't cool with the way you're managing your, your deal. And it, it, it's, uh, it breaks up marriages. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I tried to tell my, my ex-wife that, you know, how it felt to be in well over 130 fights and, in, in, in from the age of 17, you know, 16, uh, bare knuckle, you know, fist to the head. And, um, Dude, you know, there's parts imagine. where I, I, yeah, I did embrace that. And I enjoyed that role, obviously, you know, fans like you, um, you know, your coaches uh, praise you. Um, but at the end of the day, when you try to bring that up uh, after, you know, and, and what you've gone through to those that you're, you're in love with and you're, you're you're married to and supposed to spend the rest of your life to and they they turn their chin away from you and walk away from you and basically yeah force you to leave and there's children involved in that yeah it can, it can ruin people's lives and yeah i'm hoping we do continue to get more advocacy on the athletic side with brain injury and chronic traumatic encephalopathy cte and you know some of these other scary things that are going on with athletes long term that uh, it's a physical injury right that brings on mental health but it's not the athlete's fault right it's no, no, we've no. embraced these sports for years and yeah. as a young kid right so we need that support from families and I believe to this day, if I had that support, I would still be married. But again, uh, that does when I look back. Uh, so, it, it like, I've been, dude, so everyone out there, we I've known Rob since high school. And, you know, he was part of the jock crowd. He was clearly a hockey player. He was the friendliest guy I ever met in my life. He was always like, hey, hey, friendly, friendly. So I have to ask you, man, with all that fighting... Did you have anger issues that you were just hiding from us all? 
No, it's just, uh, it's a role that, uh, you know, w- was obviously given to me at a young age, right? So, yeah, it's hard. They were comparing me. I remember the when I was drafted to the London Knights into the Ontario Hockey League, um, basically out of Burlington Central High School hockey because I left rep hockey. You played for our team? Yeah, it's that's, that's when London's, we had a tournament in London and I had a, had a really good tournament. I was playing physical and scoring, and one of the our lead head scout of London at the time, Bob Giroux, um, basically uh, there was an article the day I was drafted to the London Knights, and they were comparing me to Louis DeBrusque, who is probably our most physical enforcer and fighter to ever come out of London, and obviously played in the NHL uh, for several teams. And Louis was a monster, a strong guy. So to be labeled that, yeah, when I wasn't uh, a true fighter. So right tough. from the start, yeah. they're like, yeah, that guy's tough. That's we it. want him to be yep. our enforcer. I, I had to accept the role. And wow. obviously I had some anger issues losing my mom to cancer when I, at around that time too. So it was a good outlet for me to engage physically and, uh, you know, uh, you know in, in accepting that role and being loved by my teammates and, and fans in London. So it, it did serve its purpose, but we didn't know at that point in time what the long-term effects from multiple concussions yeah. would be or how I individually would be able to uh, uh, control or accept uh, my chronic pain uh, and and the neuromuscular side of things. Yeah, I, I never expected this at all. I never would have, no. And so no. I know I know you're friends with Riley Cote. And I, mm-hmm. I just want to ask you about your relationship with other players, especially the enforcers. Like, was just this just an ice thing? Or like, did these friendships develop later, or were you guys actually friends at the time? Like, sorry, dude, I I got to punch you in the face now. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Yeah, there obviously there is you there, there's wars within wars, and uh, you know when you're on the ice and you're you're playing that role, uh, you respected some guys that that played that role more than others because of the way that they did play and the honesty that they brought to the game. But Riley and I, yeah, we fought twice. Um, and that was before his, his NHL career. And well, the one that you saw wasn't really a fight. I, I went on to the bench, uh, to try to engage with him. It was, uh, it, it was a little more complex than that, but we did fight in Texas and went toe to toe at center ice for seemed like a minute and a half. And really? Riley was young, um, just out of the Western hockey league. I uh, might've been 21 at the time. And I was near the end of my career at 29 and I, I knew just from him hitting me and the impact and his strength that he had the ability and his skill set to get to the NHL, right? So I was blessed to meet him at that point in time. But uh, yeah, it was full out engagement, but we didn't really connect at a personal level until I had my story in the Globe and Mail, One Last Fight with James Myrtle, when we were trying to, you know, uh, reach back to parents and kind of warn them what the long last lasting effects can be from multiple concussions if you as a parent don't don't really uh, uh, take grasp and 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 control of of your child's life uh, and if they're if they're getting into concussion issues that you need to get medical attention right away and possibly if things worsen then take them out of the sport so they don't suffer when they're in their 30s and 40s and or even younger that we have seen so um, I've been blessed that Riley and I do have a, a relationship and friendship together and support each other on both Athletes for Care, which he co-founded. And yeah, tell us, about, tell us more about Athletes for Care. Yeah, Athletes for Care. Uh, 
Yeah, it was started uh, as a non-for-profit uh, just over two and a half years ago. And um, Riley uh, Cote co-founded it along with uh, Lindsay Lou Snyder uh, uh, and Ed Snyder, I think, which you guys know, um, own, own the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and Spectrum. Okay, uh, so yeah. Lindsay Lou really, you know, forefronted uh, the, our non-for-profit financially off the start. Um, so basically Athletes for Care is a platform for former um, athletes from all high-impact sports, uh, including football, soccer. We have even volleyball players and basketball players. And uh, we, we've got uh, Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson, former boxer. Is an the Mike Tyson, everybody. Because when he Tyson, told me that yeah. earlier, I didn't believe him. Yeah, yeah one, one, of my, sure. one of my idols even growing up. And he's battled a lot of adversity. He's done things, you know, that maybe he shouldn't have done in his life. We can all relate to making mistakes. But Iron Mike is—he's got his own podcast now. He's—he's he's got his own brand out in California. Um, he's a big believer of medical cannabis. He struggles himself physically. He's taken a lot of shots to the head, as we all know. And uh, yeah, so we've got Mike behind us, and we've got Frank Shamrock, uh, MMA fighter. We've got uh, Jim McMahon. We've got a lot of female athletes too. Uh, really, graduates from the NCAA and the Olympics, and uh, basically we're going into communities. Um, all over North America now globally and uh, athletes are, are, are speaking and taking a platform within communities about the benefits of medical cannabis and recovering and really spreading the news and education to uh, you know the fans and the people that in, that embrace the athletes that are suffering now so it, it's such a, a great organization and I'm blessed to have their support. I work directly with our executor, uh, executive director, Anna Valent out of Florida. And uh, Anna, uh, we work together and we, uh, we've got a team here in Canada and we've just launched a division for Athletes for Care here in Canada. And uh, we're gonna get engaged uh, in communities right across Canada too, and continue the education and, and continue in getting athletes the support that they need. But also we're going back to when we were talking earlier, Matt, and Alan about uh, uh, building purpose uh, for guys that are struggling that, you know, can't work or, you know, in that pre-diagnosis stage or, you know, things are, are you know, they're battling uh, degenerative brain disease and uh, they need that support, but still have the ability to contribute in the open labor market. Uh, we've got several athletes that are have their own brands or, you know, Riley Cote's got his body check wellness. So I support him and his brand and He's uh, working with Ryan Vandenbush, who's got his New Leaf Canada brand. So they're, they're uh, and these are, you know, uh, different uh, companies uh, that are dealing with different, you know, one's going to be a THC company, right. an extract company, and Riley's a CBD uh, yeah, wellness yeah, yeah. company. But you can see it's creating uh, some opportunities for, for guys that have struggled, um, uh, like myself too. And, and, and Riley's given me a platform uh, to be able to speak and get connected at a higher level. So the question I had for Rob is, uh, you know, you, you've shared with us some incredible stories today, some, some really compelling information for, you know, how athletes can, can use cannabis and, and CBD and, and, and oils and different types of products from the cannabis plant to alleviate pain and suffering. So if I'm an athlete, and, uh, you know, I've taken a couple of hits or I've 
got some some pain and suffering how do i go about getting in touch with your organization and uh using your 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 network and your services to you know get help yeah no that's a that's a great uh question uh the two organizations that i i do support uh medicinal my way um, i'm the executive director you can find us at www.medicinalmyway.ca uh, not medical my way medicinal sometimes it's uh, people get that mixed up but uh, yeah we do have a, a great uh, support of ambassadors and uh, you know people from all walks of life including doctors and nurses athletes uh, musicians uh, um, so we do have the resources too and you could call in and uh, we obviously don't prescribe or provide medical cannabis but we do um, you know have uh, the means and ways to lead a patient down the proper path to get licensed and to find uh, the best available metals, medicine on the market. And we're working on um, right now uh, to build a platform uh, for patients to uh, not only access, uh, make it more accessible, but to afford it too. So we're looking at building some programs uh, with ODSP and CPP at some point. Uh, we think that's very important, um, but you can also get on the athletic side a hold of me. I'm an ambassador for Athletes for Care and our website there is uh, www.athletes4care. So it's uh, written out. Four is not the letter four. So it's athletesforcare.org. And uh, yeah, we have a, 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 if you're an ex and former athlete and uh, have interest in joining us uh, as an ambassador, we do all kinds of speaking events across North America. And we've just uh, opened up Athletes for Care, a Canadian division uh, over the past several months. So we're going to be doing a lot more here in Canada in that group, uh, like I did uh, share with you guys. Uh, we do have guys like Iron Mike Tyson and Frank Shamrock and Jim McMahon and uh, several female athletes. Uh, um, Anna Valencia is an ex-swimmer. Uh, uh, um, yeah, well, it's, I believe, too, what's made our group strong is we have a lot of women uh, advocating and speaking uh, and doing educational events, too. And uh, um, it's just very powerful, obviously, to have them involved in um, having everybody involved, but that's where, uh, you can, uh, you know, reach out and find me or even find me on my own per personal social media too. Uh, I'm here to try to support or answer any questions any, anybody has really. That's awesome, Rob. And yeah. thank you so much for that information. And for those of you listening to the podcast, that information is available down below in the details. Please look up uh, all the, the, the websites that Rob has. Medicinal My Way. Medicinal My Way and, and Athletes, athletes for, care. for Care. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Jam Production Company, its affiliates, and or its partners.